All right, everyone. Hope you brought your geek because it's time to get it on. Hi, this is Carrie in Austin, Texas, and I try because I don't want to be stuck wearing mom jeans someday. That and uh, I love looking at ages on the back of people's legs during races. You can check my blog out at trytobefunny.blogspot.com. I am Will and try geek This is Bill Battershaw, the Batman from Raleigh, North Carolina, calling. And the reason I try, two reasons. One is triathlon provides such a great outlet of self-discovery, and I enjoy the journey. And the second reason is that beer makes me fat. So love the podcast. Keep it going, guys. Bye. Hey, Iron Will and Kahuna. It's Joe Vincicuero from The Daily Grind, and I'm here to tell you that I try to win. Take care and keep it easy. Aloha, triathletes. Welcome to the latest edition of Get Your Geek On, the podcast designed to get you all geeked up about the sport of triathlon, whether you're just thinking about doing your first sprint race or you're an Ironman veteran. That's right. So if you're willing to sacrifice for something that's greater than you, you've come to the right place. This is podcast number seven, and this is the TriGeek Kahuna. I'm broadcasting from the TriGeek Dreams Labs in the OC, Orange County, California. And this is Iron Will, coming to you just outside of the Windy City in the Midwest from the Through the Wall World Headquarters. Iron Will. Kahuna. How you doing? <laughs> Long time to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's your, uh, how's your training going? You know, it's it's going. Um, the sun is starting to come out around here these days, so uh, I'm, I'm foreseeing some bike happenings in the future, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I had a trail run yesterday, so that was, that was kind of cool, but I think I jacked up my knee, so that's not oh, no. cool. I know, but I'll live. How so about what, you? So, wait, wait, so what's it like um, be, getting on the bike after um, on the road after a winter in, indoors? Oh, my gosh. It's the best thing. Um, I, and I remember feeling like this last year when I was just counting down the days and I couldn't wait because the trainer just sucks so bad. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's really – you kind of just have that, like, all right, it's here, it's real, and you know, that whole feeling. So I'm really excited. I can't wait. Probably right. another two weeks or something, I bet, and we'll be – completely off the trainers that's that's great well i i did a uh three and a half hour bike ride on the road yesterday wow and it was fabulous it's one of those days where just everything was perfect and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on but i got my bike uh fitted by this like genius guy and i had uh, more power i was way more comfortable it was just night and day, and I had it fitted before from the local bike shop guy, but uh, it was nothing like this. Um, so what did they do? I mean, I guess we'll listen to it, but um, you know what? It, you know what? He, he he. I mean, it's real. I mean, it's half science, half sort of feel. This guy's also a. Um, he's a perfect combination. He worked in a. Um, his name's Mark. He worked in a bike shop since he's like sixteen, and then he's uh, training to be a physical therapist. So he knows wow. he knows all about the you know all about the mechanics of a bike, but then all about the the muscles and the human you know human body. And so he takes all these you know tons of measurements, many many different times. He he um, he does the, the little I've never done it, but a little power output dealy where you're on a trainer and you see what your power is. And then, oh, the tor- that's what um, the, my coach talked about last time I think with the 
With a gadget. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very cool. And my power output was um I think they did this like it was like a three, which was, you know, okay but not not the greatest. And I've got like these little twig legs, so you know, I knew I wasn't like the <laughs> you know, Lance Armstrong or anything. But then when you make the changes, um all of a sudden your power is just it's just more and like going up hills when you're seated, you know, it's and for me what happened was I was, I was too stretched out. And I wasn't like it wasn't like, you know, five inches stretched out. It's just a little bit stretched out. Wow. And and it was causing um you know pain in my back because of my back muscles were trying to stretch too much and, and I wasn't over my pedals and um Huh. So he like moved your seat and stuff and yeah, moved my seat in, in a little bit, um moved um my um the st- my actually I'm, I'm getting a different stem this is costing me a little bit more than i thought but, um <laughs> you know just sort of rearrange my body a little bit and um so you, you, like for example you can move your seat in but then so you don't feel cramped you move it up so it's like you're in a little oh. bit better aero position but you're over your pedals and and then he changed my i had a real problem with numbness in my feet and i didn't have any problem um for three and a half hours uh wow. because i was more over the pedals and it was um i mean i feel like i'm um i don't know a reformed uh alcoholic or something gonna tell everybody <laughs> about this but it, it, it was um it was by far the best it was he spends two hours with you and then he does a follow-up um it was 120 dollars and wow. it was it was among the best money i've ever spent and i'm just comfortable I just feel like totally stoked about the bike again. And before I was kind of, I was kind of avoiding the bike. That's why I went and got it. Cause I was, I was listening to actually our friend, uh, simply Stu's uh, podcast. And he went to a bike fitter guy and they're saying, there's no reason why you need to be uncomfortable at all on a bike. And, um, and I thought, God, I'm not only huh. uncomfortable, but I'm kind of avoiding my bike rides now because my my feet turn numb, my back's numb. It just oh, wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant experience. So anyway, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. I'm excited to hear about that. Did he hook you up to a machine or something, or he, or he just kind of specked you out? Um, well, he did the the power output thing, but he he um, he's got all these little tools. He's got like these protractors. Protractors. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's like a like from algebra and stuff. Kind of, yeah, it's <laughs> like a, that's a, that's actually it's probably not the proper name, but it's uh, actually called like a it's like a gyrometer or something. I don't know. It's some, oh. some, some uh, fancy okay. thing, and, and then, he, then he has um, he has like a little weights with like a string with a weight at the end, and then he dangles it from your knee to make sure that you're. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I felt like I was a, a lab experiment, but it was. It was uh, fun, and he's really a nice guy. It's like you're the only guy. Oh, and the other problem I have is I'm about as flexible as um, the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz. So he's like, <laughs> you've got to do stretching, and he and he and he talked about how. This is also something that was new to me, that a, the, all the new studies come out say that unless you hold your stretch for at least a minute, it is not doing you a lot of good. A and whole so, minute. A you whole know, minute. and that doesn't sound very long, but it's actually long, I think. If oh, you... it's totally long. It's, it's, uh, you have to actually, I have to use my watch because I'm, I do it like when I'm watching TV and, and, um, it just, uh. Huh. It just—it's it, a long time, and it's—it's it's kind of—I mean, it's not comfortable. But I'm—I'm um, do, I'm doing it twice a day because I'm—I really need to. I—I uh, I just need to get more flexible for that Ironman distance and to be yeah. comfortable. And you could take a yoga class. I could totally see you in like the little outfit, 
you know, oh. like the little spandexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like yellow or or you know green would be such a cute color for you. <laughs> I would. Um, you you know, go have like biscotti afterwards with the with the ladies. <laughs> I do. I do have a yoga story for you. Um, oh yeah. I thought I thought that it'd be a really smart idea to do yoga a while back, and so I went to this hot yoga. Do you get you know about this? <laughs> Okay. It's, no, it's, I don't. It's um, they heat. Oh, the, is that like with the rocks and stuff? Yeah, so they heat the room yeah. to like you know 110, and so it's like so you're in a sauna, so you're sweating like crazy. So I, oh, that's not what I thought it was. Oh, yeah, so it's it's really um, I mean in theory it's kind of you know good I guess because your muscles are all hot and everything else. But so I go up there. I'm someone sure said, that's not the only thing. <laughs> yeah. So I go so I go up there and and. Uh, and I and it's carpeting. I thought, well, this is really weird because everybody's sweating like crazy, and it's carpeting. I'm, I got, besides the peeing in the pool, I'm sort of a germaphobe, and I'm like, this is going to be <laughs> so weird. And so when I get get in there, and everybody's sweating, I can smell like the mildew sweat in the Ew, carpet. I'm just dying, and I and I and I go, I got to get out of here. And right when I say that, the instructor's like, please don't disturb the other people. You know, in the middle of their oh. yoga. Don't get up and leave. And so. I sat there and I almost passed out just from the <laughs> the uh, stink and everything, but I was too scared to get up and go because oh, I thought God. I'd disturb their karma or something. So <laughs> that was only a, in Southern California oh, when you find it, it, it's stuff true. Like that. And plus, it's expensive. Um, so um, I'm, I'm, yeah, yoga is not uh, not an option right now for me. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know what? I also was thinking, Will. This is the Regis and Kelly segment, we always call it. But you're Kelly, okay? Yeah. Kelly's pretty hot. Um, people like her. Uh, but what does that make me? You know, well, that would make you Regis. I'm the old guy? Well, you can't be Kelly. Do you want to be Kelly? Seriously? Uh, no, no, but we need another analogy because I don't like to be Regis. Regis well, like you know what? Regis guy. is funny. He is funny. He's not that old. He's he's okay. He's old, but but you're not him. You're <laughs> uh, well. Let's think of another. Who else is there? Talk to you know what we could be. Um, oh, here we go. Katie Couric and uh, and Matt Lauer. How's that? Matt uh, Lauer is kind of hot. So how about that? I like you Matt. Can be yeah. Okay. This Matt is Lauer. Good. Okay. Good. I like that okay. one. Okay. All right. Well, it's Anne Katie. I want to be Ann Curry then, oh. I think, because uh, Kay- I, Katie Katie Couric is a. Uh, I don't know. She's a little. She's not. She's not my. Uh, she's annoying and she's hit the wall big time. She's not my speed, I don't think. <laughs> no, Ann Curry's like my dream uh, woman. Oh, that's right. So, oh, that's right. Who I met at a at a race. At a triathlon, yeah. Yeah, so she's very nice, and um, any rate, um, okay. So we're you're you're Ann Curry and I'm Matt Lauer. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to keep thinking because they don't like actually have a little banter thing. So. They don't. Well, we'll we'll figure something out. We um, can. Oh, you as, know what? I as long as it's not Oprah and Doctor Phil. The, oh no! Yeah. No, 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 no. You know what? I got such a problem with Doctor Phil, and I'm gonna. And this, I'll make this really quick. Um, but I gotta, I gotta really ask the the internet universe out there. How is it really that anybody takes the man seriously when he's giving all kinds of like weight loss advice and all that? And you know, have you seen the guy? I don't understand why anybody like thinks he's credible if he can't even like get his own junk together. You know what I mean? I am totally with you. And not only I don't that, get that, but he sells things that aren't um, 
uh, sound, um, you know, diet things and whatnot. And, yeah. You know, he does, mar- he does marriage advice, and he's on his second marriage, I believe. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's just this, this, you know, big guy telling everybody, you know, here's my diet tips. It's like... It's like me talking about, you know, hair uh, <laughs> hair growth tips or something. It's, you know, it's just I just don't understand that. See, all right, that's that's what it is. You know, the podcast here. We're gonna we're gonna make or break these people, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lay, lay off. Push yourself away from the table. Um, the diet tip for uh, Dr. Phil is to learn two words: "I'm full." And, uh, push away. Oh, okay. Well, well. The, today, listen. We got. We have. Um, we're gonna have the email bag. We've got um, surprise a triathlete. I hope we get who we want. Yeah, we've uh, poor Hilburn. Um, we tried. We were supposed to call her last week, and then this week we were gonna call Karen, but we had to flip flop it because we couldn't get a hold of Hilburn, and she left this hysterical message on my voicemail. Um, she's really, really bummed about missing our call. So. Um, Hopefully she's like sitting by her phone right now, just just waiting. But uh, you know, not like she has a life or anything else to do except <laughs> wait for our, our call. But <laughs> and and, so, tell, and and um and and you then you have a coach's corner. What do you, what do you talk to your coach about? Um, you know what we have? Uh, it's it's really cool because we're going to talk about um how to figure out if a tri bike or a road bike is the best bike for you. Um, so I learned so much stuff with this coach's corner and uh so hopefully everybody will will be able to either feel good or not <laughs> about, their, <laughs> about their decision um but uh anyway they'll, they'll get it all in check before race season so excellent and, I, and we i have your guaranteed favorite segment this week what is that going to be a little thing we like to call triathlete chapter and you know who's oh, talking today who's talking today your boy your your friend Robo Stew. <laughs> Robo's talking. Robo's going to do his chapter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Um, make sure he uh, talks about how it's possible that he that he kind of broke my heart and decided that he's going to pee in the pool. Oh yes. He's, he's going to have to do some tap dancing with that one. He would never do it with you in the pool. I would hope not, because that would be a total mood breaker. <laughs> 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 yeah, so he's going to talk. He, he's actually a, he's a good uh, he's a great writer, and uh, he's a he's uh, it, it'll be really good. I guarantee. Oh, you. good! I'm excited for this one. Cool. And then um, and then we'll, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about this bike fitting. I, I interviewed uh, my bike fitter Mark, and uh, he's just going to take us through you know what uh, what he does and and uh, how no one needs to suffer on the bike. So that will be that's good. That's going to be. That's going to be perfect, especially for everybody out here in the Midwest where the sun is actually starting to shine now and spring is trying to come through the air. So Trying to, trying to sprung. Spring is trying yeah. to spring. <laughs> um, and then we have my favorite, uh, and I think everybody's favorite, ju- judging by the uh, email, but uh, Try Life Aww. Lessons, and that's uh, where, where Will talks about uh, triathlon Very and life. Very kind of you as well. Et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, well, I got a letter from the email bag. Do you want to hear it, Will? Um, yeah, let's see. Let's uh, let's have a read. Okay, it's for, it's to both of us, but it says I finally downloaded Get Your Geek On on my iPod and listened to episode two. This is like Star Wars, I guess. Um, <laughs> at least I think it was episode two on my long run today. One word, awesome. He's gonna uh-huh. be, it's gonna be fine. Ten dollars uh, for that. <laughs> great, great job. Love the stuff on mental endurance and especially like Iron Will's Try Life Lesson segment. 
Aww. It's a broken record there. Um, <laughs> uh, your weekly podcast will be a standard part of my training regime as I continue to log the miles and get prepped for this year's races. Again, terrific job and keep up the good work, JP. Very cool, JP. Yeah. JP's in um, San Diego, I think. Well, I, hopefully he's going to join us on our ride. I got oh one one quick thing, Ironwell. We're doing a uh, a century ride in down the coast of Southern California. Uh, on March, oh, crud, when is it? March 18th, I believe it is. And uh, wow. so we're picking up a lot of, and we're going to use this for the podcast too. So we're picking up a lot of people along the way that want to run or ride either the whole thing or parts of it. But we'll interview them as they join us on the race. So it'll be a cool thing for the podcast. It'll be fun, and it's uh, to celebrate. Uh, Tri Geek Dreams went over a hundred thousand visitors uh, last week. So. Uh, Look at you, superstar. Well, I started a little bit before you. You're, you're catching up quickly. so. I think you got me by like 30,000 or something, but you have like three months on me, so I'll get you. I'll get yeah, you. Yeah, I know, I know. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> okay, so you, do you got a letter? I do. Um, this one comes to us from Spence, and uh, she the very first thing she writes is, it's funny, um, awesome. Dumb. And there's a hyphen in the middle with like three <laughs> exclamation points. Uh, she says, I loved every blessed middle of it. Hilarious, personal, revealing, and honest. So very cool. I don't know how you guys will continue to top it, but as long as you do, I will tune in. I listened last night while on the treadmill. So much fun. The guy next to me wondered what was so funny. Thanks, you guys. You rock. Oh, oh. and I can't. Uh, yeah. And then, oh, and now she, she talks about donate. Um, she says, I can't donate right now, but you can bet as soon as I can, I will. Um, but yeah, she's she's been around for such a long time, and she's a blast. So um, everybody, go check her out. And Iron Ironwell, that that was an awesome letter. And I wanted to I wanted to say that if people cannot donate to the podcast, another way they can really be a big help to us is to spread the word and to tell a friend or two or a, or a, put out the message to their tri club or something. Because the more the more listeners we get, the easier it's going to be to get the the swag for people and and uh, you know attract some you know, maybe a sponsorship or something. So that would really help us out as well. Yeah, definitely. And if anybody has any, you know, hookups with any particular places that would like to have a little promo, um, then uh, feel free to give our voicemails out or emails and um, let them know that, that we're all about doing that and uh, that we'll be glad to promote them. Yeah, we're looking at, uh, I mean, I want to get that core performance book. They got a new book out and, and they gave a bunch away to, um, to simply stew, and so we should we should get that too. That's yeah, it. that's probably going to happen. Um, I'm I'm in the process of of making contact with those guys, and uh, they send out that that core performance book, and um, I think they also send out maybe some like uh, I don't know ropes or something like that, you know, to do the, some of the exercises. I'm not sure um, oh, something cool. from the corporate from the core performance store, but I might totally be making that up. I don't know, so I have to talk to. Uh, <laughs> I have to talk to them and see uh, see how charming I can be. Uh, oh, please. So, this, is, this is good as done. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll hope so. Okay. I'm also going to try to get a hold of, uh, of like Cliff Bar and all these other places. Um, so uh, maybe some uh, Endorox. So we'll see. The Endorox sponsors my Tri Club. So I think um, I think maybe we might be able to get some of that. So uh, that's, that's exciting. We're just beginning. We I know. This beginning. is like show number seven, and we're, we're taking off. So good. cool. Um, any other letters? Or do you want to get? Um, to... I I think that's it for. Okay. So you read you read the other one I had, so um, okay. yeah, that's going to be it for right now. Let's uh, let's do the surprise a triathlete, and this is going to be Hillburn, and and uh, we'll talk a little bit about our story. Well, let's just call it right now. How about that? 
Okay, let her tell it. Yeah, this is a really awesome story. Oh, uh, a really cool story. Cool, cool, cool. It's a geeked out story. A really geeked out story. Let's see okay. if we can get her. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Helmer. How are you? Is this you? It is. I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited that you called me. <laughs> Holy cow, Hilbert. <laughs> I feel like a star already. <laughs> Hilbert, were you waiting by your phone? We were. I, we, I was not. I thought you. I, I was not. I thought you guys were going to call me tomorrow. So this was a great surprise. Oh, oh good. good! It's an actual surprise. Then, yeah. Last time, um, last time we missed you, and uh, your your voicemail message cracked me up. Um, is it, with a, is it my husband? What, no, your your voicemail that you left. So yeah, we wanted to make sure we got a hold of you this week. So how's it going? Oh, I'm so glad. It's going great. I'm. Uh, it's cold today. Uh, but uh, things are going really well, and uh, trying to get my slow training in these days till it warms up, and then we do the full slog, of course. Yeah. Hey, hey Hilburn, um, tell people about your story. You have an amazing story that uh, many people aren't aware of, so why don't you tell it to, to the folks? Well, hmm. when I was 19, I was walking down the street, and... Uh, Got run over by a car, except for it was sort of a a car, light pole, telephone uh, booth kind of sandwich situation. And I um, I lost, let's see, uh, half of my left upper thigh, and I lost um, the front muscles of my right thigh. Uh, and then from underneath my shoulder blades, all the way down past my butt was pretty much sort of taken off, like just scraped off basically by the oh, car. Oh, man. And that's how I lost the right gluteus maximus. Um, but given that that moment was a very unlucky moment for me, a lot of favorable things happened, um, including uh, the, you know, the guy in the ER was a student of my grandfather's and recognized me and... You know, I got all this uh, experimental surgery for free, and all kinds of great things happened after that. So my my right butt muscle is made out of a piece of my right thigh. Wow. And it it works pretty well. But anyway, I have, like, uh, the left half of my pelvis broke off, and the (laughs) right half of my pelvis was, like, it's in bits. You know, it's like I have about 40% of it. So, yeah, but this is, you know, 20 years ago. So it's taken me 20 years, really, to get to a place where I actually could do triathlon. And, of course, you know, I'm not even supposed to be alive. So it's, yeah. it's really fun now, now to, to go out there now, Hilburn, two, with two, everybody else. Two questions for you. One is, um, and this is going to be a weird question, but can you tell, like, if you look at you, if someone looks at you, can they tell that you don't have a butt muscle or do you just look... <laughs> <laughs> they can you can tell um, if I'm you know wearing my triathlon clothes. Uh huh. Sure. Or my swimsuit. Sure, because I, you know I've got like 150 square inches of scarring on my body. Oh my gosh. Um, and also like uh, I used to have a, a a butt you know that matched the front of me and, and the front <laughs> sticks out. You know I've got the balcony but no veranda anymore. So. <laughs> of odd, you know, it looks very flat back there, but uh-huh. it used to be, you know, that's after a lot of reconstructive surgery, so it used to be, you know, much, much more noticeable wow. uh, 
than than now. But oh yeah, you can yeah you can tell, and also you can tell if I get tired, uh, I sort of lurch, uh-huh. I lurch a little bit because that right side of me just uh, gets mad at me. Now, so oh, you, want, wow. you want me, what? Now now oh, yeah. how how did you um okay you had the you had this uh, big accident and all this surgery and everything else, but why did you think? Triathlon, out of all things, and why not golf or uh, <laughs> bowling or something? Uh, yeah, <laughs> golf is hard. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, uh, um, I, you know, a being forty, you know, I've got, to, I have to do some kind of exercise because you know you just have to. You know, it's not even an option anymore. Right, and. Um, so I've been doing, uh, when the elliptical trainer sort of came on the market, that was a real boom for me because it didn't have the impact. And I could actually get cardiovascular training uh, with that because sitting on the bicycle seat is really hard because I'm really sitting on the, on, I don't have a lot of padding under uh, there, so uh-huh. I have more now than I used to. But um, <laughs> So I did elliptical uh, for a long while to, to just try to stay to get have fitness so that I can live a long time, basically. Uh, and also to build, uh, you know, the more that I can build my core strength, the more that can hold up my body. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem for me is just holding up holding up the pelvis, you know, holds up the top half of your body and it gets tired. So the more my muscles are strong in that area, yay, set up, hate them. Uh, and I'm also missing, <laughs> like, lower back muscles, too, so I really got to do that, that part. But anyway, so I was doing that, and... Um, but I had been friends with this woman in a mommy group, in a play group, for about four or five years. And she's four and a half feet tall, and she weighs like a pound. <laughs> and we knew, did, we knew that she did this thing, you know, this triathlon thing, and she's done three Ironmans. And we thought, you know, that woman is a sadist. You know, she's insane. She's totally crazy. And we were kind of like, she's kind of freaky, but we love her, and she's really <laughs> wonderful. And, but you know, it's been three years now, so I got to really know her, and I thought, okay, she's a masochist, <laughs> right? She's not a sadist. She's a masochist. So we thought she was a little nutty. Okay, she's a masochist. But, you know, we got to know her really well, and she's just like, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I'm training for my, we, go to, we went to Switzerland, and we did this wow. Iron Man thing. So... Uh, you know, it was really just sort of getting to know her and realizing, like, wow, she's not crazy. Hmm. Then um, our all-women's triathlon team, uh, the coaches left town. Uh, they, you know, they got another job or something, and there was a, there was a tri- all-women's triathlon team here called the Tri-Moms, and they left town. So my friend decided to start her own team because she's USAT certified, and so is her husband. Her husband is a USAT certified trainer, and that's basically all he does is get people ready for these long endurance races and stuff. So she decided to start her own team, and she just sent out an email to everybody she knew, including me. And I thought, oh, this is so great. She's telling me about her business, you know, and that's really <laughs> wonderful and how great. And, and there I am on the elliptical trainer thinking, again, you know, this is so boring, you know. Exercise is so boring. And, uh, you know, it might be fun to hang out with some women and, you know, work out together, basically. And, you know, if I, if I can't do the triathlon, so what, you know? So I that's so I called her up and I said I'm going to join the team, and she started to cry because of course she knew my story and she said I've got goosebumps I have uh, chills, and wow. uh, she cried 
And uh, so I did. I started to uh, hung out with these women, and some of them were just Amazons, you know, and they were so thrilling to be around, just to watch them and see what they did. And, man, it was so exciting to think about, hey, I'm one of them. I'm a team member, you know, and <laughs> they were so encouraging. You know, we don't do competitive, that kind of competitive bullshit, you know, on our team. We're really there to sort of celebrate each other's victories, whatever they are, and Everybody is good at certain things and bad at certain things. And, you know, when I, I, when I first started training, you know, people would ride back on the courses and ride in with me and run in with me because, uh. you know, I could barely make it. And so these women really became my cheerleaders. And it's really been so magnificent, you know, just a great way to be with people and take care of my health and, you know, be, you know, be a contender, not just on the sidelines <laughs> watching and it's oh, really wow. fun. Silver, that is such an inspiration and we're we're almost out of time and I wish we had more time but um, I gotta ask you really quick, is that a little voice I hear in the background? That's a little boy. Hey hey Cooper, Cooper, can you say something to me? Can you say Oh I win I Wow you guys are really an inspiration to me, and I'm uh, I'm a total uh, podcast junkie because of you, and I look at your websites every day, and I love the human aspect of your work. I mean, that's basically all, what we're all doing is going, oh, you know, how am I going to make this, make this day work for me? And you guys really help me do that. I'm really I'm really inspired by you too. Oh, no gosh. no shit. Ah. <laughs> I love Hilmer. <laughs> now, what are you doing? Are you doing Olympic this this uh season? I'm going to try I'm training for the Olympic uh, uh the Olympic distance and it's uh our our race is in Jamestown, Virginia. Um and it's supposed to be nice and flat all the way, but uh, we have a season, we have a long season of races and most of them are most of them are sprints and and one of uh, a couple of them are Olympics. Oh, um, wow. They're not, you know, of course, till the end, till the end of the season. So it's so much fun. You're going to have to take lots of pictures and send them so we can, um, whenever we figure out this uh, this picture thing on the po- for the podcast for the iPod, so we can get you on there, and uh, definitely so we can put them on our blogs and show everybody what an awesome. What oh, I got to come up with a new word, guys. <laughs> what a great inspiration you are. So, um, Hilbert, thank hey, listen, you so I've, much. Hey, how about fantastic? Fabulous. Fantastic. Wonderful. Fabulous. Outrageous. Look at her. Incredible. She's busting out 10,000 of them. Hilbert, are you trying to take my job? <laughs> Honey, ain't nobody can do that. And the other oh. thing I need, tell, I need to tell Podcast Land is, you know, please love your local uh, ESL teacher. Uh, if, oh. you, uh, if, if you don't know them, uh, they're really interesting people. Uh, I'm, I myself. I'm an English professor and uh, English teacher and uh, ESL teacher. And if you've ever come across uh, your local ESL teacher, they're always really interesting. And, and hey, people, uh, English is the nuttiest, most crazy language, and it's really <laughs> hard to teach. So you got to have a lot of respect uh, for those people who make their living at it. It ain't easy. Oh, Hilburn. Now, now Hilburn is very sweet. She did that for me, and and uh, we'll we'll go into why probably um, it, maybe a little bit later. But uh, Hilburn, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Thanks for calling. All right, all right, Hilburn. You have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> she has a little bit of enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, so Hilburn's a riot. I wish we could bottle up that enthusiasm. We wouldn't need uh, caffeine or you know anything. <laughs> no, no. Now, how um, ESL English is a sp- second language. 
Yeah, the the new term, um, English is a new language because so many kids are coming in with, you know, lots of different languages and English is, you know, probably their fifth language or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a really hard decision to make um, this past week. Anybody who's uh, read my blog, I applied for this uh, $25,000 grant and I think I mentioned it in a podcast or so before, but I wanted to start this, this um, mentor program to get some of these kids off the streets because the gangs and all of that were... Uh, we're really starting to come up around here and you know to tell you the truth I was really I'm really tired of going to the funerals and just this past weekend or, or not this past weekend but just this past week there's another gang shooting and a 14 year old was killed and uh, so the very next day I found out that I didn't get the grant oh, that I applied for bastards. so I was yeah oh I was it was really kind of a devastating week and uh, for a couple of years now I've been thinking you know I, I don't know how long I can take this this uh stress and I mean it's emotional stress you get attached to the kids and you know then you go to the funerals and it's just like man mm -hmm. this is am I I gotta be doing something wrong or, or maybe you know you blame yourself and it's just depressing and it weighs on you so I was offered a, a copywriting job at uh, the top design agency around here and it was really strange the timing for everything because it was like you know three days before I was offered the job and then the gang shooting and then the next day I didn't get the grant and I was just like you know what are there any clearer signs <laughs> <laughs> so I was really really thinking about leaving teaching next year but uh, I don't know I, I just don't start things and then not finish them I guess so uh, I decided to stay and I'm gonna do the mentor program anyway and uh, uh, nice. try to get some help from some of the some of the uh, uh, businesses and things like that around here so it's gonna be the hard way but it's it's gonna get done because <laughs> it just it just needs to get done. So anyway, but that was thoughtful of Hilburn to say that. That's so. a good that's a good decision. You you probably know this, but in um, L.A. they have for the L.A. Marathon they have this um, oh, what's it called? It's like I Run L.A. or something, and, and they get all these inner city kids um, to run a marathon, and it's a, they have tons of kids that come out and do it, and it's just a fabulous program to teach them about you know sacrifice and discipline and and health and things like that and so um they all wear the, their shirts uh on race day and and really there's it's just a fabulous program for them see so. that's really that's really neat and i think that more things um more projects academic projects and things like that should be based in athletics um the grant i wrote was based on iron man and it, it was called i'm possible the word was impossible but there was an apostrophe between the i and the m and that was based on a lesson I did one day. Um, you know, nothing is impo nothing is impossible. You know, anything mm -hmm. is possible. You can do anything. And I was going to prove it by going from you know within a year nothing to, or I mean rather within two years, going from nothing to an Ironman and showing them that they could do it. And it was it was going to be a really neat thing. And I think that I didn't get the grant because I, a lot of people don't understand what Ironman is or what sacrifice it takes. So and. Uh, commitment it takes and that's unfortunate so mm -hmm. hopefully hopefully we'll be able to get the word out one of these days um little by little um maybe this podcast will be a, a good start and yeah so that sounds like a great, there. great thing a great decision that you made so uh, oh, con congratulations uh all right well let's go to your coach's corner and um this week you're talking about try versus road bike yeah, which was a huge decision for me, and I finally I finally made my decision, and then I got a coach, and <laughs> so now um, now I'm gonna have to kind of catch up to my bike in a way. Uh, well, let's take a listen, and we'll hear all about it. A 
Okay, Greg, we're talking about equipment um, for this show, and the uh, title of uh, this Coach's Corner, I think we'll, we'll call this one Gearing Up, because we want to know uh, the difference between uh, road bike and tri-bike. Uh, how do you know, if, you know, you're a triathlete, how do you know which one is best for you? How do you decide, you know, the pros and cons of each, what are the benefits, that sort of thing? And I understand you're, you're, you're part of that Justice League of, uh, of cycling members, so um, <laughs> you're definitely the best person to ask about this. Um, I think it really depends, A, on what you can afford. It is a is a primary issue. Um, you have to decide based on that. Obviously, optimally, you'd have two bikes um, because a road bike is really made for comfort and long riding and sitting back a little bit farther. It's a more relaxed, uh, relaxed seat tube angle. Maybe it's 73 degrees, um, which is a more customary road frame that they've had for a long time. Maybe not as aggressive, you might say, as a time trial frame. Um, so if, if you could you could do both, that would be great. You could do your long rides and your winter rides on your road bike, and then as it got closer to race day, you'd go to a more specific bike for the race, and it was a little more aggressive in your position. Um, that said, I think that the road frame is probably the uh, best single bike that you can have because it is a little more comfortable. It's not as aggressive. It's not as uh, tight. You're not as pushed far forward. Um, and you're going to have better control of the bike because you're farther back and your center of gravity is over the center of the bike. And you can put aero bars on and you can have um, a TT bike. I would suggest that the person that's doing that lets the bike shop know that they're going to do that so they can fit them appropriately because you might actually want a little smaller of a road bike or maybe a shorter stem or um, a zero set seat post so you're not so far back. They think you're going to ride a century and they want you to kind of um, make you real comfortable and laid back, and in reality, you're going to use aero bars, and if you do that, you're going to be reaching really far forward. So you could buy the road bike that would just take care of both things, but the TT bike offers a lot of advantages, and that's that it does push you forward. Um, it closes your frontal area down, so you're very aerodynamic, um, and you get a lot of advantage from being aerodynamic and being in aero bars for the race. It's maybe not as comfortable for people over a long distance because you kind of tighten up the muscles in, um, like your psoas and in your hips get fairly tight because you're leaning forward the whole time rather than back and upright. You're leaning forward and your weight is on your forearms. And again, you don't have quite as good control of the bike because your weight is over the, uh, your shoulders and the front of your body. Your center of gravity is pushed forward. Um, the seat tube angle on that is probably more like 75 commonly 76, and I've seen bikes that are greater than 80, which means that you're just pushed all the way forward and all your weight is on the front of the bike. Um, and so if you decide to go with a TT bike, you also want to decide how um, acute do you want the seat angle, how aggressive do you want to be, and that's going to require you doing some research and some riding of other bikes to kind of see what other people have and going online to see what other people are suggesting. Um, or maybe the kind of person that you are. Are you a flexible person? Do you have a cycling background? Do you have a running background? Are your hamstrings tight? Um, what is your experience on the bike? Do you handle a bike well? Could you handle aero bars? And so based on those two things, I would say that um, that's at least a start in doing something. But I would always suggest that people start with a road bike and aero bars um, and then go from there and see you know, what level of interest they have in the sport or you know, 
road bike, or is it going to be flat and fast, where you'd want a TT bike? And kind of as the, you know, maybe your first season goes by, you look at it and say, yeah, I'm ready to step it up and get another bike. Oh, wow. I'm, I have so many questions that I'm going to have to ask you off air <laughs> because I, have a, I, I just got a uh, Trek Equinox 9, uh-huh. um, and I'm going to head out to uh, Ironman Wisconsin, which is nothing but hills on that oh, course. Yeah. So, well, that'll be good to have a road bike there. Uh, but I don't. I have, a tre- I have the time trial, Trek Equinox 9. Oh, the cre- Equinox, yeah. Yeah, so well, we're going to have to help me out. <laughs> not a problem. I, I rode a TT bike there, too, and so did the winner, so at least in good company with the winner. Okay. Well, good. I feel better about that. Um, I had another question about uh, the geometry for your for your legs. Now, the reason I bought the time trial bike was because I uh, heard, and of course this was before you were my coach, and I, I wish I maybe would have consulted you before that, but um, I heard that the time trial bike is actually easier if you're a triathlete, uh, easier on your legs, that is, because it focuses the energy on your quadriceps instead of your hamstrings, which you need for the run, so it kind of saves them for the run. Yeah. How, how true is that? that that's accurate. Um, yes, the, the run should, in theory, based on uh, anatomical physiology, it'd be easier if you're on a TT frame. That said, um, someone like myself with a strong cycling background, you have a lot of muscle memory, and I'm used to doing a maybe a 120-mile bike race and getting off my bike and kind of just walking away. And so if you have experience riding for years, you're probably going to be pretty uh, flexible going either direction. If you're newer to the sport, um, then, again, it's a paradox because a TT bike is more aggressive and it's a little harder to get used to, but it is going to be easier to run off of. So there's really so many pluses and minuses to each thing. You you need to look at your your situation specifically and weigh those out. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm pretty happy that my bike is red, so <laughs> <That'll> <laughs> <be> fast. <laughs> That's just fast by default, let's hope. <laughs> right. Okay, well once again my coach Greg Mueller, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate it. Will that's a that's a great interview and um I'm glad I got a road bike, I guess. I don't it's, it's... <laughs> Yeah, but you're riding Florida, so tri bike would help you out more. Well maybe so... we, could, we could swap bikes. Yeah, we need to right. trade bikes. <laughs> um, okay, well, now this is, I don't want to fake this because I, I haven't actually heard the recording yet, but uh, this is the latest triathlete chapter, and um, it's from my training partner, RoboStu, who's known as the um, Android, who he follows a training program like uh, to the letter, so it doesn't matter if he's been out drinking that night or uh, you know has work or whatever, he'll go out on the street at night or whatever and get it in his workout and he's just he just is so methodical about it and uh so he'll probably mention something like that in there i i would imagine um way to go robo but, uh, yeah robo is a total stud he's, he's a good friend and it's it's uh wonderful to have him even though he calls me every day and says what have you done today to prepare <laughs> prepare yourself for Iron Man, Florida. Oh, now if we could just get him pool trained to not pee in the pool, <laughs> <laughs> he would be perfect. After after relay that to him because he he'll do whatever you say. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll say find that hard to believe. But. <laughs> All right, well let's let's uh, let's uh, roll the tape and uh, we'll see you on the other side. All right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Robo Stu. And this is my chapter. 
fans of the show and of Trigate Dreams probably know me as uh, the friend of the Kahuna and his training buddy, and maybe something of a hard ass when it comes to training. Let me tell you a little bit more about myself. I'm 41 years old. That's old. Married. Uh, have two kids. I live in Redondo Beach in Southern California, uh, arguably one of the nicest uh, training areas in the country. Um, the weather here is about uh, 65 to 75 degrees virtually year-round. Uh, rains just a couple days a year, and I can run and ride my bike on uh, running trails that uh, overlook the ocean. So it's a great incentive to get out there on the road and enjoy this great sport of ours. My idea of fun is uh, to get a great workout in in the morning and then call my buddy the Kahuna as I'm driving to work and tell him, hey man, here's what I did today. What did you do to prepare yourself for wildflower or for Florida? And uh, usually he's done something, so uh, we're, we're kind of uh, inspiration for each other. Like many of you, uh, the biggest challenge I face is trying to juggle uh, many aspects of my life, a job that I love, a family that I love, uh, and a sport that makes my life incredibly rewarding. Uh, it's safe to say I'm often time challenged and uh, struggle to, to get just the right uh, amount of attention to all three. Uh, on top of that, I'm not much of an athlete. I didn't play sports in school. I never swam competitively. I bought my first road bike in 2003 when I decided to get into this crazy sport. Well, here's uh, here's how it all started for me. Uh, I first learned about triathlon uh, reading competitor magazines. I used to look at that and see, wow, there's these duathlons and triathlons, and they're not real long distances. Maybe I could give one of those a crack someday. I'd run 10Ks you know, for years, uh, not very fast. Um, but I had run them, and I kind of liked them. And then one day I saw some advertisements for the Long Beach Triathlon, a sprint down here, and I decided, you know, I probably could do that. And uh, I downloaded a training program on the Internet and uh, started swimming at the YMCA, um, and which which didn't really come, uh, come easy for me. I barely could make it across the pool when I just started. Swim to one side, be out of breath, and I'd, you know, swim back and... And I was wondering, how in the world am I going to swim a half mile? It just seemed uh, incredible. But what I did was I'd, I'd talk to lifeguards or anyone I knew who swam and just ask for, you know, ask for a little technical advice. And then you remember my, uh, my son, who was 10 or 11 years old at the time, gave me some advice. He said, you know, you don't have to swim, you know, 10 laps at once. Why don't you just swim two? And the next time you could swim three and four. And that's exactly what I did. Gradually, I increased the distances that I could do until I got to the point where I I could swim a half a mile, and I realized I could finish that race and, and not die. And uh, I didn't own a road bike, so I went out online, and I, I, found a, uh, I found a bike shop in Minnesota, of all places, that was getting rid of a, uh, a low-end, uh, brand-new, uh, specialized road bike. I bought it for 600 bucks. I bought it to my local, brought it to my local bike, bike shop and had them put it together for me. And from that point, I was just hooked. Uh, bicycling was my favorite uh, part of the, the three aspects. You know, swimming's hard for me. Running is punishment, but cycling is just a thrill. Uh, and today, it's the, it's the same way for me. Come race day, um, it was just a, a fantastic thing for me. It was still dark outside early in the morning when we showed up to the transition area. Um, I was really there by myself. Didn't have any friends in the sport yet because I hadn't started the triathlons. 
but there was music going, and the athletes all seemed like such cool people. Uh, everyone was in a good mood. They were helping each other. When I mentioned the people at my first race, everyone seemed so eager and encouraging and inviting. And uh, when I went out there and, and did the race, I, I, I swam, and you know, I didn't kill myself. I, I got off and did the bike and had a had a blast. Uh, when I crossed the finish line, I said, you know, I just thought to myself, I'm going to do this again and again, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, people at work in other places always always ask me, why do I do this? Why would you want to go through all that training and put in all that time and all those miles? Uh, and the best way I can explain it is, um, there's just you know such a great sense of accomplishment setting this goal that seems impossible, finishing a triathlon, then finishing an Olympic distance triathlon, then a half Ironman triathlon, and you know doing the, the, the training and doing the research and reading books and um, practicing nutrition and, and actually you know making that seemingly impossible thing come true is just such an amazing thing for me. Um, it's also helped me build a great friendship with my buddy, the Kahuna. Um, we sort of feed off each other's energy and enthusiasm. Um, we literally talk every single day about what our training's been like that day and just great motivation. Um, and, you know, occasionally we get to go out and train together, uh, take rides together, run together. Uh, he gets to go to the pool every once in a while and, and laugh at my uh, swim stroke, which isn't much of a stroke. It's just basically this uh, old white guy splashing around uh, trying to survive. Um, but all that said, you know, there's a grueling side to all this. The only way to make it work for me is to get up at the crack of dawn. And I know, Iron Will, you get up even earlier than I do to teach school. Um, but, you know, get up. It's cold outside, cold as far as uh, California is concerned. Um, and, uh, you know, put on some, you know, a lot of clothes and get out and ride my bike, you know, through the fog sometimes in the morning. I can see your breath, and that's how cold it is sometimes. Um, and um, that alarm clock is just a monster. Um, you know, I, that's the only way that I, that I can make it happen. I always joke with Kahuna about uh, alarm clocks. You know, he'll say, hey, I can't do such and such. I can't work out tomorrow because I've got this uh, commitment or that. And I say, hey, Kahuna, that's what the alarm clock is for. You know, so you can get up and, and uh, get out early and get it done before everything else. Um, that's the challenge, you know, for us to, you know, try to find the time to do it. Um, but um, I, you know, as, much, as, in, as enthused as I am about this sport, you know, that alarm clock still sounds sick when it goes off. Quack, 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 quack. You know, and I confess, I do hit snooze a couple times sometimes before I actually get out and uh, get out on the road and, and do my training. But it, it is fun. Uh, and you know, Kahuna will tell you that you know I am kind of hard on him sometimes if he if he misses a workout. Um, and he's equally hard on me though. Let me tell you that. Um, He'll he'll let me hear it if, if I miss a workout, and uh, it's it, it's uh, it's a great friendship that we have. Um, I don't know about you guys, but you know, getting started in the training—that's the hardest part for me. Getting out of bed, getting you know, getting dressed, getting out in the cold. But once I'm out there, uh, getting the miles in, listening to my music, riding, running, feeling the wind on my face, swimming laps—it's just—it's so rewarding. When it's all over, I just love that moment where I get a call, when we get to talk about what we did that day to, to get ready for our, our next race. And the thing that also keeps me going is my dream of actually finishing an Ironman. Uh, we're doing the uh, Ironman Florida in November. 
and it's just going to be an amazing accomplishment going from a non-athlete uh, to an Ironman in three years. Um, it's going to take some sacrifice, but I'm willing to put the work in, and uh, God willing, my body's going to hold up, and I'm going to do everything I can to make that dream come true. Uh, well, um, that's that's it for me for now. Uh, Iron Willing Kahuna, thanks for asking for my story. I'm a big fan of your show, and I hope you'll have me back on soon, and the rest of y'all, get your geek on. Oh, RoboStew. See, that is how you get the job done, ladies and gentlemen. That that was fabulous, triathlete chapter, don't you think, Kuna? Listen to you, yes. <laughs> it was fabulous. Fabulous, thank you, Hilburn. Fabulous. It was. Uh, it was. That's uh, what I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> next on the agenda is. Uh, I think my... I need to get. Uh, I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna get some water, and you know, go ahead without me. I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's not kidding either. Uh, what is it about Robo Stew? He's just Robo Stew. I don't know. It is blue. Everybody loves his blue eyes. He's got killer blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. he's really. I love blue eyes. So. All right, all right. Um, enough about Robo Stew. Let's talk about me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you have blue eyes too, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. But thanks for noticing. I have. You um, have brown eyes. I have brown, brown eyes. eyes. Brown See, eyes. I got that right. <laughs> yeah, the second try. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get off a of Robo Stew because I'm sick of him. <laughs> and um, let's talk this week. <clears throat> excuse me. This. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> It'll be okay. Yeah. Maybe you need some water. Let me get some water real quick. Hang on a second. <laughs> All right. This, this week I went out and uh, got fitted for uh, on my bike after like three years, and um, and so I sat down with um, the bike fitter. His name is Mark. Um, talked about you know what what to look for in a bike fitter and and how to get your bike fit and the difference it makes uh, when you're riding, especially riding long distance, but both both power and comfort. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this, this is an interesting interview, so let's, uh, let's roll it. All right, I'm, I'm uh, here interviewing uh, Mark, the bike fitter. He's, he's recommended to me as one of the top three bike fitters in Southern California. I don't know if you knew that, Mark. but uh, Really? Yeah, your name came up a bunch of times. And I, th- and I think for people, before we get into what you did for me, why don't you talk um, about your background? Because you have a unique background for um, this type of work. Um, well, I, um, I got into uh, to, to bicycles and bicycle racing uh, when I was 15. Uh, I'm 35 now, and I started racing uh, as a junior, and have raced ever since. Uh, the past five years have been kind of slow for me, but um, I've been trying to ride uh, off and on, so I've been doing that. I went to Cal Poly Pomona and did my undergrad in kinesiology uh, with a specialization in exercise science. I worked in the bicycle industry for several years uh, as a mechanic, uh, doing sales, a uh, bit of management, uh, worked on the manufacturing side, actually um, for a bike rack company, and we actually had a um, kind of a fitness idea for kids that we worked on that was my project, and did some healthcare, and now I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, halfway through my doctorate in physical therapy, uh, where I'm refining my skills um, as kind of a biomechanist and 
um, and kind of uh, assessing orthopedic uh, problems on the bike. So, yeah, and, and, you, and so you have this experience as a bicyclist, and you have this experience as a uh, kinesiologist and slash uh, physical therapist. And um, we we're talking when you were fitting me that you're trying to bring this is half a science and half a art in in getting someone a comfortable fit on a bike. Is that right? That is correct. It's easy to get wrapped up in the science um, with anything that is kind of heavy science related. But you know, a lot of people want to focus on the on the power output, the wattage, kind of the numbers game when it comes to cycling. And I think it's a great reference. It's a great tool to use. But going through physiotherapy school and kind of being customer service oriented, I think it's real important to to listen to what your client or your rider is, is saying to you and, and really work off their feedback because um, I think the psychological component um, is key. If someone's in pain, regardless of what the numbers are saying, they're not going to last long or they're not going to feel like they can put out that effort because they're hurting or they're uncomfortable. So if they come back at you and say, hey, this feels great, they're able to, they're more comfortable to put out more output uh, more power output, uh, more comfortably. So I think the art is is at least half the battle, if not more. And it's again, it's important to look at the numbers in the science game, but I think it's also you know it's, it's real important to to look at that uh, that other aspect. And what I was amazed at is that um, for people, a lot of our listeners are people who are just getting into the sport triathlon, or maybe have a couple seasons under their belt, and they've never gotten their bike uh, fitted except for maybe um, you know a quick fit at the uh, bike shop where they bought their bike and it's your contention I think uh, that no one needs to be uncomfortable on a bike they don't need to be hurting uh, you know long term when they're riding a bike and there's there's fixes that you can make on your bike that will allow you a comfortable ride uh, I definitely agree with that I you know it's funny having worked in a bike shop and hearing stories of customers coming in, whether it be about about shoes or just the different kind of theories and, and, and philosophies that are out there, I really believe that you can ride. I mean, if you're well-conditioned, yeah, you should be able to ride all day and, and not feel much discomfort at all aside from muscle fatigue and maybe some other uh, aches and pains that are not necessarily um, condition-related, but it may be conditioning-related, but... You know, there's no reason why someone should have to bear through any type of pain or discomfort because maybe they're given the wrong advice or they're just set up wrong or they're just being steered the wrong way. So, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of misinformation that's that's out there that uh, people need to be educated on. And a, and a little, the adjustments are fairly minor. I, I, um, you know, I sat down with you, um, and what you do is you 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 have two sessions. One is for the initial ses- session where we're um, we're on a trainer and you do all your measurements and and you talk to me for a long time about you know what what my problems were, etc. And then right. uh, we, I haven't come back, but then I I come back after um, a period of time and let you know how everything went um, on the road, and. What I was going to say was that the adjustments that you made on my bike, I don't think were like huge adjustments or didn't seem like they were huge adjustments, but they've made, they've made a huge difference. Is that typical? Um, yes, I believe so. It's, um, you know, especially for someone who has some time in the saddle, you know, the body gets real accustomed to a static position and it adapts fairly quickly. And 
especially for someone that has a lot of miles underneath them, it's important to make those minor changes because their bodies, most of the times, are very sensitive to change. And if you introduce a big change to somebody, they're definitely going to feel it, and you could you could hurt them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm somewhat conservative in a lot of my thinking, and I'd rather be conservative in my adjustments, and I'd rather do one more fitting or two more fittings and, and be able to gradually introduce maybe in what I think is an ideal position for someone rather than get them there right away and hurt them and have them come back to me and say, you know, I didn't like this, I was really sore, I hurt. Not say anything at all and not come back to me at all, then I feel bad. Right. Um, so, but for most riders who are, you know, even if they're not, you know, top amateur, if they have some time riding, their bodies are, are going to be sensitive to those changes. And what the net effect is, um, when I change your, your cleat position, when I change your fore and aft on your saddle, when I change your saddle height, even though they're very minute changes, they add up. And that is the overall factor that, that someone needs to look at and consider is that these really do add up. And fortunately for me, they, they, they do make some very, very positive changes, so... Yeah, and if you're pedaling, uh, what, a hundred, uh, rotations a minute and you times that by, I don't know, two, three, four, five hours, um, that's a lot of rotations to get things right or wrong. Yeah, and it, um, they can tell you right away, and, you know, in one ride whether it feels right or not. And with the constant repetition of cycling, you know, you, you could easily develop an overuse uh, syndrome or an overuse injury, and, so it is again. It is important to to be conservative in, uh, in a lot of those adjustments. So. Now I was I was surprised at how much um, I don't know how much is it psychological, but how much more power I had, especially when I was in the seated position go, going up hills. It felt like I w- my body was in the right position. I was over the pedals more, and it just was um, it, it it was a marked difference in in power. It seemed to me so. That's when I'm good. when yeah. I'm when I'm smoking everybody this season, I'll, I'll thank you for it. <laughs> I'll make a little sticker for you. You can advertise for me. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, now tell me, just real briefly, I'll, I'll go. Um, what happened to me is I, I had um, some really a big problem with numbness in my toes and um, in my lower back a little bit. And you diagnosed um, that I need to move my my feet over the pedals a little bit more. But also what's interesting is that I needed to stretch out my hamstring muscles because um, they were pulling, um, they were way too tight and then eventually pulling up on my back. Is that, uh, is that about right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, that's the other thing with, I, I've always known this uh, anyway, but, you know, to be flexible, to have kind of a, a well-rounded, well-rounded routine, but it's, as, as I get through school, it's even more important as, as I've studied the anatomy and, and really have focused on how these muscles attach to the body and what they do. And especially as, you know, as normal human beings, we're not, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're not professionals that I see, but they're, they're working, they're sitting a long time, and their bodies get used to whatever positions they've been in. So, you know, especially for, for you, I mean, your hamstrings are really, really tight. <laughs> 
and uh, and it, and it plays a huge role in what happens to you on the bike, and your body ends up fighting itself because it wants to achieve this position on the bike that is you know somewhat ideal, but yet you're fighting these really tight hamstrings and muscles that are just pulling you the other way, and and so it becomes this. You know this back and forth, uh, this this tug of war, and that that is kind of the idea of the holistic approach that I'm trying to take is looking at, at all the components. You know, the injury or did the inflexibility happen because you were on the bike too long in a, in a, in a bad position, or was it introduced before and it's now it's just making things worse. And so, with a lot of my diagnostic tools that I have now, it's hard to say you know where it came from, but it's important to approach the situation and see if it makes a difference. Yeah, Mark's like a mad scientist. He has all these uh, different tools, and uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it was really fun to watch you work um, as you pulled out a different a different tool for a different uh, job. Hey. Um, one, well, first of all, you'd be proud of me that I've I've stretched twice a day since uh, since I saw you. So um, good, good for you. I, I I watched the Olympic ice dancers and um, try to <laughs> simulate some of their uh, over overhead uh, poses. And um, now t- tell me, we, we got to wrap up the interview, but tell me uh, quickly. We have we have listeners all over the world. How do they? Go. How do they find a good bike fitter? Is it? I know you do mostly referrals. Is it just uh, asking around? Is there, is there um, certain things you should look for in a bike fitter? I really think you know. It's. It, I, I think a lot of them are hard to find. And you know, when, when I was in the bike industry, it was a lot of it was word of mouth. Uh, there are some people that are advertising from the local magazines. But as you interview people, I think it's important to. To know, well, I think number one, and you and I have talked about this, but do they get back to you right away? How is their customer service right off the bat? And I think that could be a, a nice kind of precursor as to what you might expect. If someone doesn't get back to you right away, well, you know, what's what's to say that they're not going to uh, be there for you after they've done their initial fitting? You know, I'd hate for someone to go someone to go to someone and pay a lot of money. And have no follow-up. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's wasted money. Experience. It's it, it's funny because you know I'm not, you know I'm not Joe Pro or or you know category one or two cyclist. And a lot of people do look at those things as being kind of word and kind of the the thing to look at. But I think having a good knowledge of anatomy is really really important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to know how the musculature is affecting the body, how it basically how it works uh, right off the bat, how it attaches to to different structures, and I think uh, just knowing the anatomy, knowing the kinesiology behind the muscles is uh, is really really important. So, not necessarily that someone needs a, a degree to do it, but I think if you know if someone could ask them, you know, what kind of anatomy uh, knowledge they have, I think. Uh, that might be that, that. I think that's really important. Yeah, on the customer service thing, just real quickly, I'll let you know. There, Southern California is a big area, and there were I, I did a lot of research on the internet um, through different uh, bike groups and whatnot, and there were three names that came up, and I sent emails and maybe even called, but sent emails to two of them or all three of them. And the only person to get back to me so far, it's been a few weeks, is uh, is Mark. And Mark was really, um, I mean, he was super 
good customer service. He, you know, his first initial fitting is supposed to be for like two hours, and I think we spent close to three hours doing it. And, um, you know, he just uh, is really caring. And so if you're in Southern California, if you want a good bike fit um, and you want to um, go through Mark, I think the easiest thing to do would be to um, just email me, the kahuna, at um, trygeekdreams.com, and um, I'll forward the, the number on to Mark. So at any rate, um, Mark, hey, thanks thanks so much for uh, for stopping by and chatting, and um, I appreciate my new bike fit. I'm, I'm a, a convert to the, uh, the importance of bike fitting, and, and, and I have you to thank for it. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Who knows? That was magnificent. <laughs> oh, you don't need to say that. <laughs> it was, though, I will have to say. That really was the most educational thing. And I'm so excited about this show because this is the thing that really tripped me up the most, the whole bike, everything. And uh, you're on the bike for the longest during these races. So uh, if you're not comfortable, I mean, you're uncomfortable for a really long time, and that's not a good thing. So uh, it's amazing what just little adjustments like that will do. And it really drains your – it drains – your energy for that run you know you have to do this long long run yeah. and um so anything that i can any anything i can do to make that bike easier uh you know when you're facing at least for us this year we're going to be facing a marathon after <laughs> after that yeah. run. i can't even can't even get my mind around it right now i but, know me uh, neither um anything i can do to save on that end is, is going to be good for me so um anyway well th- I, I appreciate mark doing that and um We'll let you know how my my bike uh, fitting continues to go because I still got a couple of little adjustments to make. But uh, it was totally it was totally awesome. Find me ten dollars <laughs> oh. for that. It was, it was totally totally geeked up um, and out and everything else. So, um, and sideways and upside down. Yes. Now now um, the segment you've all been waiting for. We put it at the end because it is the best. It is time oh. for Iron Wheels. Try life lesson. God, I can. Uh, <clears throat> let me just do that still choked up over that Robo chapter. <laughs> it's time for Iron Will's try life lessons. Um, and what did you? What What are you talking about this week? You know, I'm I'm trying to get some mojo going. Um, spring is coming, and I'm I'm running out of weeks here. So uh, less than thirty weeks now till Iron Man. So it's about time to uh, to lay down some law out there. So. Uh, this, this is kind of what that's about. Right on. Well, let's let's uh, take a listen and um, and roll the tape. Okay. I heard the wind. Before my alarm, I heard the wind, and I knew there would be a struggle. Not a war. There's nothing like a war, and only those so fortunate to have never seen it ever dare to try to compare. Though one can still surrender a struggle, especially one left to tumble like this, and I suppose that's what I almost did. I watched the garage door shake in its tracks, and could barely bring myself to go out into the wind. I'd felt that kind before. It wasn't a breeze. Breezes don't whip and scratch for you like something hunting. And I didn't have to go. 
I don't need this. This proves nothing. What's the difference anymore? Running is running. It's not my life. Only what I do. And it can be done on my treadmill, warm and comfortable. So I took a step, and then another, back inside. I reached for the doorknob, but there at the threshold, I stopped. Something pulled me, away. Would I rather be a hamster, I thought? Safe behind my four walls. My legs won't know the difference. A run is a run, in a wheel or through a field, and when all is said and done, I'll have covered the miles. But there, I have no cinder track sky, no stars to give me advice. Only the filtered sunrise creeping across some small patch of mechanical earth. So I had to decide. Comfort or chance. Stability and expectation or opportunity and inspiration. Nothing worth having ever comes without sacrifice. How many times had I preached it? How many others are too intimidated to ever reach it? This point at which one will not compromise. The most beautiful things in life are often surrounded and hard to find camouflaged in exhaustion and wrapped in persecution, but we never get anywhere unless we go outside. My life is brilliant. Oh my gosh, Will. Magnificent does not even <laughs> begin to describe that. That's, that's, seriously, that's really, really good. Oh, and, thank you uh, so much. I'm, I uh, so appreciate that, and, and I... I wish I didn't hear it now, and I heard it for the first time when I'm working out, because it'd really get me all geeked <laughs> up on, on my training. So, um, but uh, I could still do it, I guess. Anyway, that was great. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. And um, oh, it's I'm very sad. Why are you sad? It, it's the end of our podcast. It's over already. Oh my gosh! I'm never gonna get used to that. I can't. Every time you say that, I'm just like, no. There's no way. There's no way. But it's true. Wow. And podcast lucky number seven is um, in the can. <laughs> yes, it is. I understand. Yeah, it goes so goddamn fast. It really does. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I guess that just means that it's time to start editing, and maybe we'll be done by the time we have to record again for next week. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally true. Well, I think we did a really good job this week. I'll give us a, um, an A, though I'm a little biased. <laughs> and... Um, Oh. And we probably should say goodbye. Okay. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And until next week, this is Ironwell signing off. And this is the Trike Kahuna saying aloha and mahalo. And now it's time for the business section of our show. Get Your Geek On is sponsored by NEPSA. For all your web hosting, domain, and design needs, NEPSA is your solution. Visit NEPSA.com or call 877-99-NEPSA. For comments, suggestions, or sponsorship inquiries, or to submit a soundbite for our next show, visit the sidebar of TryGeekDreams.com or through TH3Wall.com for more information. Get Your Geek On is a production of Iron Geek New Media. We'd like to thank Pat tech consultant to the stars for sponsoring get your geek on this week if you want to help sponsor the show uh, we have paypal buttons on our websites that uh, you can just click and if you want to give us um, a teeny donation that would really help us out with uh, our deficit spending and the other thing i wanted to say iron will is that if you can't afford that one the, another way you could really help us out is spreading the word uh, we need to get the word out about this podcast if people have email lists of um, try clubs or just simply tell a friend that help us out uh, out to get the numbers up and to attract uh, 
you know, sponsors. So we would really appreciate that. That would be great. Also stop by getyourgeekon.spreadshirt.com for some show logo apparel. So that would help us out too. Very cool apparel as well. So, (laughs) All right, everybody. Stay tuned for some of our most magnificent moments. A service Uh-oh. that requires okay. callers whose telephone numbers do hold not on, appear on the on. caller ID display. Shush up. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's like Lola's mom. I think who that is. That was great. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, RoboStu always comes through. Um, n- now, I had an interview with my... Uh, okay. I got, that okay. sucked. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go, you go out of it and do... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Watch him say something fabulous. We're like, yeah, I'm sure he did a great job. <laughs> and now. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So it's time now to look for my papers that talk about our business. <laughs> then we will see you next week. And uh, Kahuna, until then. I guess. Uh, <laughs> till then. <laughs> I guess I should finish what I was going to say. <laughs> and the PayPal button. Oh, my God. I sound so freaking lame. <laughs> Visit the sidebar of try. God dang it. <laughs> You're so Ow. close. Uh, okay, let me try again. And now it's time for the business <laughs> section of our show. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Okay. I bet you five bucks you can't get through this. Okay. Don't don't tell me I can't do it, buddy. I'll get it done. All right. Okay. Here we go. Get get your wallet ready. Okay. All right. And now it's time for the business section of our show. Get your geek on is the sponsor. <laughs> 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 that didn't count. That didn't count. Let's try it again. <laughs> 250 if I get it right we'll split it alright oh see you're very quick that way (laughs) magnificent absorbing